0: the move to Napa put me in a position in a role where um, I wasn't directly selling anything. In fact, it was just pure business development. And right. um, the opportunity was to, here's our best customer base, our most loyal customer base, uh, our branded facilities across Canada for all intensive, it's a franchise. Right. And, uh, but that depends on provincial regulations,
1: but it, yes. it, operates,
0: best, but it operates essentially as a franchise. And, and basically work with these 600 and, 30 operators and make the biggest, best, most profitable uh, branded network in the country. That's my goal.
1: Welcome So excited to bring you uh, just a, an amazing young leader. Uh, his name is Martin Johns. So he presently is the director of Napa Auto Pro. Uh, Napa Auto Pro and, and runs the central region. He's worked there for the last six years and um, is basically a franchise organization that literally is leading the way. Napa is the, one of the strongest or strongest organization in their space. Uh, has, has transformed the model with other leaders in that organization. Previously, he was uh, a part of the leadership team, was the publisher of a company called Newcom Media, where they uh, grew tremendously, one of the fastest 100-growing uh, grow- Canadian companies for a number of years straight, and they've continued to grow really effectively. And um, so Martin is going to share all sorts of amazing wisdom um, I know you're going to love the, the, the podcast. He had uh, just success after success after success follows him. And of course, just like everybody, well, he doesn't like to call it failure, but setback and, and challenges. And then you just move on. So please tune in. And you know what I'm interested in is other leaders like Martin, other leaders who want to become and make a real contribution in the world. So if you knew, know someone, please send them my way at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You're welcome to share our podcast with them or send them to our site studentworks.com thank you so much have a fantastic day so welcome martin really excited to get you on the uh the leaders of tomorrow podcast uh thank you so much for joining us great to be here chris thanks
0: very much for inviting me it's a uh it's a great podcast and uh just happy to be part of it and, and welcome the uh, the opportunity
1: yeah, no, th- thank you. And and for our leaders, you may hear a little bit of sawing in the background or thumping. Martin's uh, and his and his wife uh, is uh, are building a home in the Milton area, um, and so uh, so um, y- you know they're renovating uh, an an uh, eighteen seventy one home. And so just in case you hear some noise, don't worry. And actually, <laughs> why don't we start there, Martin? Um, you are, and there are many you actually are one of our former operators who actually met their, you know, main squeeze as it were. So you've got three kids and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so what a takeaway that you got from the program. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously Allison is uh, the best takeaway that I had from, uh, SWP <laughs> for sure. But, uh, I was very, very fortunate and, uh, yeah, Alison and I have been together for I'm not going to say how many years, but it's been a, it's been a long time <laughs> so far, but it, it's been a, uh, an awesome relationship. I mean, it builds relationships, but that's the, you never really think that's ever going to happen, but yeah, it's, uh, with three beautiful kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's fun. It's fun. So, uh, in fact, we have a group of friends that we still, you, you say about that, but there's still operators that we get together every single year and spend time together and, and catch up and want to, uh, continue that because there's just a common thread that, uh, I think is very special and unique with the program.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. No, I know you're tight with a, a bunch of, of the people in the program. I know a, a, a previous people on the podcast and future people that'll be on the podcast, et cetera. So, so I know, um, I, I just wanted to put that in there. I was just thinking about that. That's kind of a fun thing, but you know, why don't we sort of talk, you know, again, we usually sort of, unless there's something memorable about the program, I know you stayed with us a, a while, uh, Martin, you know, uh, Anything sort of memorable about the years that you spent? Any big lessons for our leaders?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great program. I mean, and, and you hear that on, on many podcasts from, from many alumni that have, have gone through it. But it is a, a program that very few people will ever regret uh, spending the, the time and the effort and the, the requirement to do it. But one really, I guess, the, the largest takeaway that I ha- would have is, is that the, the success that you can have at an age, nobody should tell you that that's not possible and uh you can i mean even from the like uh, going back people have said well how did you get into why did you do an entrepreneur thing in university and i think people have the tendency to be that kind of frame of mind earlier like i mean mine goes back and i've heard other people in different uh, circumstances say that it started a lot younger even early i mean for me going back is funny sounds it sounds as things like lemonade stands and and candy shops and and building computers and and i you don't think about it in the time of being an entrepreneur at that time. You really just think that I'm doing it. But each one of those, I think back, like it gives you an experience and a takeaway that I've actually learned more now from thinking back to it. And and I'll give you an example, like the lemonade stand. It's a, a stupid thing. that almost is a rite of passage for many kids and and going through. And one year I just made the decision that uh, with a buddy of mine that we were going to do a lemonade stand and figured out how to do it. It really came down to well, what we were going to charge and our, our shtick ended up being that uh, we were going to let the customer choose what he wanted to pay us. Awesome. And just say, you know what, it's either free or whatever you, you have in your pocket. And uh, it ended up being that they didn't know why I was doing that. I was doing that because I wanted a Canada's Wonderland pass and didn't think I could do it at 25 cents a cup, but it was, um, people were spending a dollar and $2 and, and supporting the person because they, they felt good about it. And it wasn't about the, the
1: value of the, the, the lemonade. And it's uh,
0: yeah. a lesson that happens in, in many businesses.
1: No, and certainly I'm a, I'm a lemonade supporter. No, you know, lemonade stand supporter. I yes, love no, totally, exactly. I love I mean, supporting young entrepreneurship. And, yep. and that's one of the great things about Canada. And really, I think North America is people love entrepreneurship and love supporting those young, energetic minds. And, and there you are, you're, you're trying to create something in your world. And that was a way to do it. How do I get myself something that my folks aren't willing to pay for? Um. That's exactly it, is, <laughs> which many <laughs> children are trying to do in their life. Uh, so it's a, uh, yeah, it,
0: um, and and there's, I don't know what the percentage is, you pick at 38, 40% of the economy, I mean, small to medium businesses, there's a lot of people that come from that as well. And we sometimes yes. forget that it's such a huge economic driver. I mean, my current job now, that's what I do. I work with entrepreneurs, I've worked with entrepreneurs yeah. my entire life, um, yes. just in a different capacity, different magnitude, different scale. Um, but really at the end of it, it's so much in, in bred into an entrepreneur. Yeah. I just, I love that passion. I love that drive that they're just willing to change, to adapt, to, yeah. to do what's necessary to, to be successful.
1: Yeah. So if you think back to those teenage years before you ran off to Carlton or, you know, what sort of frustrations were you experiencing or, you know, that sort of thing that, you know, just cause that's something we always like to look at.
0: Yeah. In terms of sort of frustrations before, before school. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Before, before, and before student works, before you join the program.
0: Well, obviously financially, uh, you always think that you I always thought that I was, could do more. Um, but yeah. you, you struggle to find the opportunity and really at that age, the support from someone to be able to say, that's it, or that's what you should do, or that's legitimate or if you put 110 or 100% of effort to it, you're going to be successful at it. It's really hard because um, it's, it's a risk and people perceive it as a much bigger risk than it really is. But really, at the time in my life, I look, think back, that was one of the largest decisions I really ever made to my future. Mm-hmm. Um, now it looks like the best decision I ever made. But at the time, it was a, um, I mean, almost, I almost, you may not even know this, Chris, but I almost didn't, didn't join the program. Right. I didn't follow up. And I, I mean, Jane Willens. Which was a former guest on the podcast. He yeah. did what every good salesperson is and followed up. And uh, his follow up gave me enough confidence in the program to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to go to those meetings and I'm going to do it. And my gosh, if James didn't make that call, your life, my life would be very much different, I, I would suspect.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. James is awesome. So uh, Great, great. So- yeah for sure. so so tell me about your career progress so like outside of the, the program, you went and did something pretty unique. I guess you got involved involved in the you know a scheme that we had. you know why don't you tell our leaders about that? Okay, sure. Um, I mean, right out of the program uh, gave us the opportunity to
0: look at professional painting and, and obviously big brands and, and how to how to scale a business that was not really ever done or scaled before when you're talking about a very small service-based business. And, and even though you could be, be a, a painting company that's doing half a million and a million dollars, which in any terms would be a big one, in the big Canadian picture, it's a relatively small business. So how do you scale that in every market across Canada, which is a task that we were looking at? And and um, obviously, it was a massive growth and and really just kind of you don't manage that growth. You kind of ride it and direct it in the most positive direction. So it uh, is what it is. That's uh, it. Uh, was an amazing time to be able to learn a lot of stuff very quickly mm-hmm. uh, from both from from sales operations and, um, but more importantly, it was the ability to see the bigger picture and try to work towards it. Because every single day had things going on that didn't make sense to my plan um, or our plan, yes. as you as you're very yep. much aware. But every single day at the end of it, you had to say that, OK, we're going in the right direction to the big picture here. and We may have to make 100 turns before we get there. Um, but we're committed to that end goal, which is to uh, create the best and, and largest uh, professional painting company in Canada at the
1: time. Yeah. And so so for our leaders, basically, Martin was one of the key drivers of a program that we created a Relationship with Home Depot, and we grew the business right across Canada through a third of the U.S. And we went from three hundred thousand dollars to over twenty-five million dollars in five years. Martin and his partner Brandon uh, grew the business tremendously in the Greater Toronto area. Yeah, and you know, certainly, I look back and just incredible learning, incredible commitment of a team of people who work so hard to make something happen, and. You know ultimately, it was really painful because ultimately we all lost a lot of money right um, and it's a it's a testament like basically we you know a couple of things number one, like thinking back on it, good chance the model was not the model we should have been running on um potentially another thing is is that we ran into the two thousand eight financial crisis and right in the people of it. said we're we're changing directions yeah and so there was so it's one of those things where even if you're working with people who are amazing. Even if you're executing amazingly well, you don't always win. That's right. And it's a testament to to Martin and I and our you know uh, commitment to each other that we still have a great relationship, even though we took you know a huge huge hit, a huge huge financial loss. But you know again, I and I certainly hope hope it's not you know for you. And I, I believe it's not. It's there's not any there's there doesn't have to be any blame when something doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like oh wow, you know, because there's nobody who. You know we all executed, we really executed what we thought we could execute and and even again, I don't blame Home Depot for choosing what they chose because they chose to go back to their core and their service model didn't work and they they basically executed exited or a lot of the model that we we're in so any other lessons that you take away yeah, I mean a lot of people have said like what did you learn from that
0: failure and and first of all, I don't think it was a failure. I, it really yeah. wasn't. And, and I don't really like that word and it's cliched, but I mean, I just think it was one of the most expensive learnings I ever had way more than yeah. the university <laughs> ever could be. But, yeah, um, exactly. it's, uh, there was a lot of learning that taken away and relationships. I mean, we say, you said about, you brought up Brandon. I mean, he was my best man at my wedding. So mm-hmm. that just goes to show how close that relationship became, um, even between, yeah. um, people within that program. And, and that didn't even start that way. That became out of necessity. You talk about entrepreneurs doing what's necessary to, to continue on. I mean, we had separate operations at the beginning. Many people don't remember. We merged yeah. them very early knowing that yeah. we were stronger together than we would ever be uh, operating separately. So.
1: Yeah. And I think as well in, 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 you jumping into what you jumped in next. Like I've always believed that, like one of the things that I I notice regularly is the 500 fastest growing companies in Canada. I'll look at it regularly and we'll have people in it. Like we're in it. We've been in it many times. Uh, our franchisees will be in it. Our former DMs will be in it. And I know you were in there with a number of years. And I think that growth rate that, that you experienced saw your ability to go and lead and grow at a different rate in your future opportunities? Well, I think it sets different expect- personal expectations of
0: what's possible and how you can achieve it, right? Like, I mean, you, you say about where it went from there. I went into to media and in automotive as a publisher of magazines. And honestly, I was, I was in meetings that probably I would never have had the opportunity of being in, speaking to people I would never really had the opportunity of speaking with, of, presidents and CEOs of Canadian corporations and large, um, organizations in Canada covering stories, covering issues and, and things and working with our writers to to get the, the information out. But it allowed me to see it from a whole other perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. My main focus of the whole thing was working on communicating for ASPs, which are, for, which are repair shops, um, which are car repair shops across, uh, across Canada. So we used to publish like, Learnings: How to how to run your business better, how to grow your your cash flow, how to uh, increase net income. How to I mean, that's what we do every day now. Uh, and it's right. a uh, and from that learnings, took it into as you know, and and working with uh, with Napa and
1: um, their uh, their customer base, their best customer base across Canada. Right. So just just to catch your leaders up. So basically, Newcom is a publisher of Canadian Technician and Canadian Car Owner magazines. And so, yeah. So I guess it's
0: a. It's basically the idea was that it was a magazine that went out to entrepreneurs and shop owners all across Canada, and there was uh, uh, tens of thousands that went out. Magazines that went out every month, and um, there was a consumer magazines and and such, communicating in terms of the importance of uh, your vehicle and and such. So a lot of a lot of media side, but a lot of advertising as well, and, and learning that side of the business as well. And then it was a, a magazine that was combined with a competitor as well. It's actually that brand is no longer in the, the marketplace, but it's a uh, it's in doing the same thing and, and communicating the same message even now, which is probably more
1: important in everything that's going on than, than ever before. So why do you think Newcom had the growth? Why were you able to grow the business so successfully over the seven years you were there, Martin? You know, again, as part of the team, et cetera, I know you were the publisher. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's about the the direction. It's about there's a whole. It's the secret sauce. No one can say it's because of I worked really hard and and spent all the hours to do it. Said success wasn't uh, success was the only option. It was. I mean, you 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 put a vision in place. You put a plan in place. You execute best you can. You evaluate. You gauge. You all of the things that businesses should do, and then at the end, you hope that you're able to. You've created a plan that you can scale because. It's not just being able to have the business, as you know, to, right. to generate the income or generate the revenue. It's, it's being able to actually deliver the service and, and be able to scale the business that at hundreds of percent increases on a very short term basis. So it just takes forethought, it takes money, obviously, it takes right. investment. Yeah. And because you're always paying behind what you're, you're generating. And uh, when you're scaling that fast, but overall, it's a, um, if you can get to where the plateau that you're aiming for and, and get to a, a space where, you can then convert that that revenue growth into profit because that's really at the end of the day, we all need to make profit and, and the business needs to make gross dollar profit. So the, uh, it's con- how much can you convert revenue to profit after that? And and that's right. the trick. These businesses scale so fast. How are you able to then get a profitability out of it? And some are and
1: some aren't. Right. And so I know one of the other unique things about the business, it was a family run business. So, yeah. you know, um, I well, I know you had a good experience, but also as well, just for leaders, you know, Imagine going into a, into a business, it's a family run, so there's different things that you might you know, expect or not expect, et cetera. So, you know, would you like to share with our leaders about that, Martin?
0: Um, this, the family orient of the business is what I always thought. I always said coming out of, not just coming out of Stu painting, but Along, i I never wanted to work in big business. I, I think a lot of people that I've gone through the program have made those comments that it just isn't for me. I could never see working for someone else. Right. And so when I first left and had the opportunity, it, small business seemed like a neat opportunity being on that, that side of it and, and helping them scale and helping them grow. But there becomes a point where your ability to impact the end goal may not be the your to 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 align with what you want to do long term and the, what you want to achieve long term and that's right. something i realized out of a small business um since then it's it's doing very well and continues to grow really really well Yes, hopefully with everything that's going on they'll be able to weather they, they went into trade shows and all sorts of things well that might be a tough business to be in at this point with everything yes. at least in the near future so i wish them the best but uh, they are uh continue to to do well
1: yeah and so maybe that's also, you know, sometimes with a family run business, maybe the, the timing of when you're there either works or doesn't for a period of time, because it's all of a sudden it's that legacy piece, you know, would I be the person or is it somebody else? Is it the yeah. son? Like, cause all of a sudden things like that play play well, a role. Like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what happened uh, to yeah. a certain extent is, is that um,
0: the, there was a transition and a succession plan put in place and. And that's totally right, and and quite frankly, that's what we coach our people that I work with now on anyway, because it's the best way to, to transition value, and it uh, and rightfully so. And it was not a it was not a bad situation. It was just it was nope. wanted to do to, to do more, and, and knew that needed a, a bigger a bigger uh, canvas to do it. Platform. On bigger yeah. platform exactly. yeah
1: yeah so actually just to share because our leaders again are interested in that so just to to broaden that so basically what newcom the f- founders of newcom decided to do was was to transition or f- you have their you know son i believe you know look to sort of take over and generate more and more leadership in the business so that that is a easier tr- transition for a family run business why is that martin and why do you why do you use that strategy at napa auto parts
0: Oh, uh, it's a Ah uh, good question actually. um well, um I'm not an accountant first off, so this is not financial sure. advice whatsoever but yeah <laughs> the the idea that the value of the business succession planning is very difficult for small business families, especially a family owned business mm. for a multitude of reasons. but let's take in a specific industry like um like automotive, for instance, and uh, you put in a you you want that business to have a certain it has a profitability well, you know that that. Valuation is going to be a percentage of that profit, and it could be three, four, whatever in that kind of industry, depending on the operations. But it's it's normalized profit, and right. then so you look at it and say, okay, after all of that's done, maybe the actual dollars of a, I mean, the average repair shop in Canada makes about five to six percent net income uh, a year on an average business of eight hundred thousand. So, I mean, you're talking about fifty grand is the entire profitability of that business times three is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, That's not a lot for a business when you think of what it is and what it's what that structure like the, the operations. So it's it's a in doing so in, in transitioning it, you can create and, and transition value to the next and and actually get a higher valuation for it because people believe that there is the 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 value of it. You might say is three times, but the actual value of that business is what it can produce. And the the difficult part is is that people that come into it are doing it based on what obviously it is currently, but. I mean we've shown time and time again when you focus on the right things and you you follow the right measurements and you manage the right uh, labor and the right cost of materials and you know you can manage everything right down to the fact that we're expecting our shops to get between 14 and 18 percent net income Wow! well if you spend two yeah so if you spend four a year in the process and, and changing that over there is a significant multiplier that you can get out of those those facilities and that just requires the time and effort but the challenges on succession planning, people don't know how to set up their business to do that. And when they're going to their their children, it's really more about, there's a lot of pride in that as well for the owner, whether it be the dad yes. or the mom or the couple, whether they want that and that's okay, but they still have to do it in a in a way that is in best interest of everyone. And, and usually you can have a better way of, you can get more money if you don't have to come up with the cash necessarily right away. So you can do it out of dividends over the longer period of time. I mean, there's just there are benefits to, to making sure that it transitions through succession planning. Cause it makes it easier. It makes it p- the transition that much easier as well. just to find the, the legalities of it.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the capitalism is the ability for people who don't know each other to do business. Successful countries who do business easily together, provide structure so that it, it easily we can do business together. And I don't know that person. I don't trust that person. It doesn't matter. I'm yes. buying a phone. I'm buying a this. I'm buying a that. All of a sudden, buying a Napa Auto Dealer or buying Newcom Media, that's a big deal because there's a lot of money. There's a lot of investment. There's a lot of capital. And is that true? Right? Like So on the one side, is that true for the buyer and then, and then the other person the 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 buyer who's selling is saying could that person actually go run this place right so so there's a huge risk on either side where you know for family it's like good chance that person is working in the business and they're showing that they've got the skills and if they don't then they should stop the conversation but they've got right the skills. exactly got yeah, the that capability. is and that they've is a definitely abilities. a conversation
0: chris for sure that comes up about, <laughs> absolutely uh, is it the right decision even if you can do
1: it <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Cause th- then it's stop, you know, then yeah. it's stop and look outside. But if it is, then all of a sudden that merger of the opportunity, this is someone who's capable of doing it. This is a way for us. And who's getting who as well, when someone, if someone's a successful entrepreneur, they actually are going to die with a bunch of money that likely they're going to want to give to their kids anyhow. So it's actually the best way to have that exactly. transition successfully. Right. So,
0: and on
1: the, you look at some of these, um, Uh, small businesses and
0: when they choose to make the decision to leave they often don't have that plan put in place uh, because entrepreneurs were really good at execution and in most cases we're really good at ideas that's what we do yeah and um some of us are better than execution than others but um (laughs) really at the end of it you hope you never really as an entrepreneur think about how i'm going to get out of my business not not traditionally i mean we coach now and many people do coach all of it don't go in without knowing how you're getting out yeah Traditionally, even when I was coming through, even uh, business school, it wasn't about how are you getting out as an entrepreneur. It's about how do you create value, how do you create profit, and things like that. But really, a lot of this stuff needs to be, for sure, set up much better from the beginning in terms of how people get out and and how uh, and you're seeing it now. The people that are our ages that are coming into even to our industry, the average age of in our industry of an owner is about sixty years old. Uh, wow. which is a threat to the industry in itself. But you see the, the operators that are being attracted into our, into our business and, and into being customers of ours are really more about, they, they're seeing the value not through the parts side of it, but through the service. And for us to be successful long-term, nobody is going to be able to do it without a partner that has a lock-solid supply chain. And certainly in the mm-hmm. days that we're dealing with now, I mean, the ability to right. access parts and in, in our case and, and just products and services Um, is
1: going to become ever so more complicated. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, will be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's Leaders Podcast dot ca slash apply now back to the episode so let's jump into napa so you've you've moved into napa you spent basically the last six years at napa why don't you tell the leaders about you know roles that you've taken what you've learned what you what you're up to yeah
0: it's actually the best part of the my enjoyed the, my enjoy it, the this, as far as the story the most and the reason being is because when I was publisher, I got to, to learn about how shops work, how they should work, how they operate, had to tell them the best on, on, on practices and writing articles and have our, our story, having our writers write articles in terms of those approaches. And, but the move to Napa put me in a position, in a role where um, I wasn't directly selling anything. In fact, it was just pure business development. And right. um, the opportunity was to, here's our best customer base, our most loyal customer base, Uh, our branded facilities across Canada for all intensive, it's a franchise. Right. And, uh, but that depends on provincial regulations, but it operates operates essentially as a franchise. And, and basically work with these 630 operators and make the biggest, best, most profitable uh, branded network in the country. That's my goal. Right. Right. And uh, we are at a point where the first few years was about really understanding the business even more. I mean, I, I, I worked on it and worked in it and worked with suppliers and the supply chain. But until you're actually working day in and day out with the ASPs and the shop owners directly and understanding what they're doing, and then we created a program. We started building tools. Right. We started changing our model in terms of how we approached them. We, we turned the whole model of, of the franchise model upside down. We don't, we don't charge royalties and we give more support than franchise models. Why? Because we oh, wow. the, we're their wholesaler. We get gross profit dollars from them buying parts. So we generate loyalty. It's, it's the most purest relationship that can be. If we earn those dollars, right. they're going to buy from us. If we bring value, we're gonna, they're going to buy from us. Right. It's, a, it's a relationship that I have no fear about because um, if we do it right, like the lemonade stand, we will have a much higher return because they're going to want to support us even more because we're changing their business, not asking them to buy parts. We're changing the business from a net
1: income of 5% to 15% over the course of two years. Tell me any entrepreneur wow. that doesn't want that. No kidding, so it's one of our uh, well, as you know, because Martin was a district manager with us, you know one of our our values is help operators make money that's the number one commandment in the business, and so that's what it sounds like Napos is, is how can we make our our franchisees or uh, or whatever word make money right yeah, exactly,
0: and more money, yeah, and it really is a a situation where they're open to it, and i we sometimes, this is something else I've learned from dealing with the scale and the number that we do in NAPAs is that I, we sometimes get caught up in the fact when we're coaching people that we're coaching two or four or 10 or 50 or 100 or 600 or 1,000 different yeah. locations. And we see so much and hear so much, but these individual operators rarely get out of their business. And it's, I say, in our analogy, yeah. the four walls of their business, but in yours and yeah. just the business in general, where yeah. they are almost desperate for, for feedback, information, and insight into what's going on, where we sometimes take it for granted. Uh, and that was something that uh, we've engaged a lot more in just creating opportunities for, for owners, similar to what student works does in terms of, I don't even know if you do all the same trips in the, the whitewater rafting and, and such, we, but yeah,
1: it's, it's we it's do same more. Same idea. <laughs> yeah, we do more. So yeah, exactly. Hard, no, it's play hard, yeah, yeah, no. And, and we do more trainings and we do more regular trainings and we do more conference calls and more, Crowdcasts and 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 just because it's all way more available yeah. and and also the more you do the more your averages grow the more value you create the more people return like you know Martin fifty percent of our operators return from it's our business staggering number it's
0: amazing yeah. congratulations it's just
1: yeah it's just you know our average operator was over ninety thousand so it's like you know just the better and better you do there were days we would struggle to even get to something like that yeah oh yeah it's just it's just incredible you know, so it's, and again, it's, you know, when you're really, and again, I can just tell Martin, you're living and breathing the business. And then again, you know, providing more value, right. And then that's what it is. Then they want to buy more, et cetera. It's just, it's again, you're there, they're, they're developing to be really big fans. of yeah. course. And advocates really. I mean, we advocates, talk about, yeah.
0: we, we talk about, um, we do a lot of marketing tracking, customer service tracking and, um, JD Power Awards, we basically are the number one in automotive service in JD Power. And the reason we do that is that we basically uh, model our customer service uh, relationship interactions based on how JD Power um, questions their questionnaires structured. Something right. as simple as that puts us in a situation where the answer, we know how in line we are with our results based on what the, the JD Power, which is the gold standard for customer service. Yes we become number one in automotive service repair above all dealerships, Lexus, Toyota, and everything. And how is that possible? Because at the end of the day, it's not just about the, the temple that you're walking into in any business. It's about service and a whole bunch of other things that, that go along with it. And that uh, the number one reason someone chooses an aftermarket supplier is the relationship they have with the owner or the technician.
1: Number one yes. reason
0: for a uh, dealership is the ve- they bought their vehicle there. That says a lot about how we can target those individuals and leverage that, that those statistics.
1: Fascinating, fascinating. No, that's great. That's great. And I saw those on your those uh, uh, highlighted on your LinkedIn. So congratulations, (laughs) Martin, for being for being part of that. Talk about
0: communication and a tool. I mean, that is just been an awesome, awesome tool for for sharing, communicating, and and learning. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, so what do you still rely on from the program? Uh, Well, it's funny you asked that. I I made notes about that one because I figured that question was coming up. You know, I don't know if you still talk about them, but the, I've heard reference to it, but the four referability habits, yes, I know it's a joke Absolutely, and, and I know we've come back to it, but I still use that in coaching now. Yep. And I mean, I'm sure it's different in certain settings, please and thank you and show respect, but really yep. at the end of it, I mean, if you can honestly say at the end of the, the month, the year, the whatever, that you've done that 98% of the time, you were in, in a situation where no one can, can reach and it, only better things can happen because of it. Um, it's a, something that it's I've lovely. learned, um, and and don't always get to, to facilitate. Like I, I don't always succeed. Yes, and and luckily I have relationships with my customers that they can call me out on it and say that's an opportunity that it, you didn't you didn't live that one. Um, yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I give them permission to do that. I set the relationship <laughs> up. They can easily give me that feedback,
1: and I welcome it. That's actually authenticity and vulnerability, right? So it's not like, oh, don't be talking to me. No, hey, like I want to have that feedback, right? And and absolutely, like part of setting very clear expectations, and a lot of times one reason people don't want to, Martin, is because they don't want the feedback if they don't deliver. We're setting those clear expectations. This is what we're going to deliver. And then, of course, you can't always deliver it. And so you call yourself out or somebody calls yourself out. Absolutely, we didn't deliver that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the
0: first one on a call to put up my hand and say, you know what, I didn't do it. But I'm also the first one afterwards to say, well, what what are we going to do to to get it done? Or what do I need to do to get it done and and move on? So, I mean, it's also the idea of people ask at different times, like, what, if I was to do something, like, if I was to just give some advice, like, what would you do? And it's like, Mm -hmm. say yes, say yes to taking jobs, say yes to new challenges, say yes to things that you're not even sure how you're going to achieve them necessarily. Because there's so much, so many people that we've met and, and you go, uh, go through life and they're just, they, they're not negative, but they don't put their hand up. They're not the one at the front of the line, trying to be the one. Yeah. And you may not know it all. And you, I certainly still, but it's, it's, I'm always willing to put my hand up and say, if you need a volunteer, I'll do it.
1: And not even awesome. sure hundred
0: percent, hundred percent what <laughs> I'm volunteering for. Volunteering for, yeah. But the relationships yeah. and the fun you have along the
1: way, it's, uh, it's, uh, it yeah. can be
0: uh, infectious.
1: Yeah. And also as well, like people like that move their careers forward. People like that become directors, become VPs, become part presidents, et cetera. They're like that's, that's what I'll give happens. you. The, I'll give you my boss's email. You can let him know that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should sort that out, but yeah, exactly. but being a director, being a director of a huge company like you at your age is, is on the fast track, Martin. As you yeah. Know. I,
0: I love the company.
1: And I know I'm not saying yeah. that, that I'm just drinking the,
0: no, the, the proverbial Kool-Aid. They, they even throughout this COVID and and I'll, sort of on a on a positive or on a personal note they they just they really you see the way organizations are and you see the types of people they have, not when when sales are are high and and yes. profit's soaring it's it's exactly on times like this and and you see personalities and you really see who shines and and um, yeah. I think our national team i think they' just they you need to have that integrity and I think somewhat we hear about leadership and and you you just said my my key word of authenticity is. With all yeah. my teams, anyone I work with, it's it's I'm I'm authentic and I'm transparent. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also aware of my emotion on my sleeve, which is a problem at times for even me. But <laughs> that that people that get to know me, they 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 uh, they give me a pass on that one. Yeah, because I like cheerleading. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. if if we're not having fun doing it, what's really the point? I guess. I mean, that's the cliche. But uh, you're not gonna yeah. have fun every day but i mean again you want to be able we to can be in try a to have fun yeah you certainly that's a good way to do it
1: yeah why not start with that you know and that's certainly us work hard play hard have fun is one of our values and let's let's have fun and you live that value and i'm sure you continue to you know that's who you are and and why not but it's interesting as well what you're saying about covid is is, is that i really believe it's the opportunity for the best of us to figure stuff out in our own industries that are going to make a big difference and it really is um, the best organizations are going to do better on the other side compared to the other, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a big jump for them, a big separation for them just because again, the trust that's going to go up because of how people are dealing because of how people are feeling and the com- you know, it's like, Oh wow. Like I, I could see our, I expect our return rates going to grow this year, which is unbelievable to think that you could grow more than 50%, but right. it, there's just such a, it, it's a coming together. And I think that's when when a business when when you're facing real challenges, it's a coming together as Canadians. As an example, we've come together because again, oh, I know you're a big liberal there, Martin, so you <laughs> like this one. But um, you know, uh, Pierre Trudeau, sorry, uh, Justin Trudeau has has offered really really great leadership. At, right? You know, uh, versus what's happened in the United States, and there's a coming apart in right. the united states and and we we you know again thank canada for that but also also the 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 leadership of the of the country and the province
0: yeah and and i mean you're you're right i i do sometimes bleed red <laughs> um, but it's a uh, and you know what you look at that as as another example of of leadership in a, in a way of, of using your skills for what you believe in outside of business. It's not just about mm-hmm. business. These, this is not, leadership is not corporately driven. Leadership is, is something that you enrich and you, you grow and you and it's about you and, and how you are the one to, uh, to have those opportunities to be leaders. We don't get to choose to be a leader necessarily. I think we're given opportunities to offer leadership and other people choose you to be a leader as, as um, and and I really think that, the leadership's changing the, the, the authenticity you say that about federally with with trudeau and and um i mean even provincially with with yep. ford no matter what your stripe is and a nonpartisan yep. discussion it's you you can't be more proud of the way canada's operated and the way the province is operated yes. and and all of this and there's always going to be people that don't agree with you but it's it's a um i'm very proud to be canadian forget about partisanship aside when you're dealing with the the whatever we're dealing with south of us
1: whatever yeah so it's and it's hard to tell but but in the end let's let medical and public health officials you know guide the leadership and and you know use science to guide the leadership and factual uh, information factual information yeah yes exactly kpis (laughs) yeah and again just just uh for our for our leaders listening martin now i remember the last time we got together face to face was over breakfast and and trudeau had just won the leadership and i remember oh, yes. you, no no here's what here's what justin's going to do no 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 <laughs> and 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 I, of course he's not going to make all the decisions he's going to bring all sorts of amazing people together like yeah. borno and others and 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 you're right you were right you know so uh and not not that i'm i'm not i'm not red so, but anyhow, it's all good. And, <laughs> and I, I, but I appreciate, I appreciate the leadership that he's
0: brought. for right. sure, and, I, and that's where I, I think we as Canadians and just as, as, and, and it can be transferred into business, not outside of politics yeah. is that we don't have to agree with someone to respect their, 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 their professionalism, yes. their authenticity, mm-hmm. their leadership. Um, yeah. and just because we don't necessarily would put up our hand and pick that individual doesn't mean that in a crisis, uh, we don't expect them, our leaders to stand up and, and lead.
1: Yeah. No, no, it's, it's so true. So what about um, if you think about what did you need to change going from that, you know, university student to being a full-time value creator in the real world? I think in the
0: end, it just came down to um, perspective. I mean, you look at, I I went into student works painting thinking it was the the biggest thing. I made more money than I'd ever done ever. Um, I run a business bigger than ever thought I ever could. Um, I achieved things that never thought I, I ever would, and then it was all blown apart again. Further down, and just really understanding yeah. that it's to to do it to every step is you underestimate what you can accomplish in ten years, but you're going to greatly overestimate what you can accomplish in a year. And yeah. the, really, the idea is is that we need to keep the like, okay, what do I want it to be in ten years, and then what does that look? And that's a long time period. And I know that seems at this point hard to plan out. Um, and you're not planning it out. Like I got married, had three kids, bought real estate, building a house and have an awesome job all in the last 10 years. Who would have thought that if you asked me that 10 years ago, I thought you're nuts. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it, here we are. So it's believe it's, it's understand that a lot of people say no. And a lot of people say it's not possible. And and then you're going to learn a lot and you're not going to fail. You're going to learn a lot. And, um, the, the idea that on the other side, when you decide that you have made it, or or whatever the case may be, I don't even know that that's a, a real thing. What that thing. means? Yeah, <laughs> um, because you made I, there's it. No Such thing, but it's a. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed the the time there, and then and and only later do you really appreciate the learnings and the the habits and the the relationships that have been developed there. I mean, best man, my wife, huge friend group,
1: social circle that and a and a camaraderie that will last a lifetime. That's awesome. So what's uh, if someone wanted to do what you do, what key habits would they have to steal from you, Martin?
0: Um,
1: well, I mean, obviously there's a lot that uh, I shared
0: is, is really, I try to say yes a lot. I try to, to be the person that wants to, to grow and wants to be seen as, as the, uh, an individual. Um, but really the, the biggest one now and, and is being, being a positive attitude and a cheerleader. And understanding that thing, even things when when they're not going to be easy or they don't seem, it's like you you people say like um, they want to do what do they have to do? Well, there's not one thing. I can't say you do that today. Yeah. that This is going to happen, but it really comes about how you structure your habits, how you structure your attitude, how you approach authenticity with people. Don't approach relationships in, in the in the win win lose relationship. I mean, it's a, it's a corny example, but I'll go back to we had one of our. Training events, and I still remember that we did some sort of scavenger hunt or something, and we had to go to different places. and And uh, uh, Chris O'Rourke, you probably, you obviously know Chris O'Rourke. Chris (laughs) O'Rourke was there, and he was, uh, and and he was trying to to get a just a what do you do when what is it called when basically uh, two people get together and nobody loses. And I and I just at that time, win win was just not really the the cliche coin phrase it was now. And yes. uh, it's not it's so true. I mean, there really is always, or I shouldn't say always, but most of the time, if you give it enough time and, and put enough smart people in the room, you'll you'll find a way that everybody wins. And and that is
1: a very powerful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So final question, Martin. Um, when when you think of the leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Oh, authentic,
0: transparent, cheerleader, just the the understanding that the the traditional model of, of leadership where you lead everyone follows yeah. is in my opinion dead. Yes. And uh, it is really more I, I was trying to I uh, trying to think of a term or an analogy that would kind of explain something like that and all I can think of is is that as a leader your job is to create a team of leaders. Yes. Yeah. I, I really I don't know how it's best to to do it because really in organizations now we don't have the ability to have six lines of of communication yeah. levels of pyramids and and we need people that produce value and have, have, a good time doing it and, and, uh, are skilled in what they do and are supported in how they do it. So it's a, uh, it, it, it's, it's necessary. And, and
1: that's what we yeah. do. No, you are so right. You are so right. That old model doesn't exist. I love, I love the, you know, something that we constantly are striving here at is, is creating leaders and how can we create more leaders, you know, and, and, and we we're taking our operators and it's something that it's a regular, how are you creating more leaders in your business? You know how you you know. So in the past, when you were with us, it was more as a district manager team we were doing that. But now we're at right mm-hmm. the yeah, exactly. level and just seeing that you know. And and yeah. and obviously that's what's happening in in in, in the outside in the real world. All these other organizations are seeing the same opportunity.
0: You're you're giving skill set just from the Student Works program side. You're you're giving skill sets and and opportunities. Yeah, I said that I sometimes was in meetings with people that really I would never have the opportunity to be at that point in my right. career. You're giving people skills that they really don't acquire till much later in their career, when an organization gets to a point where they're willing to pay someone to to learn that, or or you've, someone else has learned it somewhere else where a company is willing to pay for it. Like, you take the, the and it puts them just that much further ahead than than their Absolutely. peers. And and I'm not saying about everybody, but it puts it puts people that are successful and 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 um, uh, engage the program with skills that likely they would have not acquired uh, for much later in their life. If, if quite frankly, exactly,
1: ever. exactly. Well, Hey, Martin, thank you so much for jumping on and, and, uh, in this crazy period of time and, uh, you know, homeschooling kids, uh, in a rental around you, building your house <laughs> uh, and making <laughs> making this happen for us this afternoon. Thanks so much.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure, Chris. And, and, and I just, I hope everybody is, uh, looks at the, the leadership and, and what you do in this podcast and, and really take something away from it because you've had some great people on and, and I'm honored to, to just chatted with you. I, I, I wasn't sure exactly what we had talked about. I can't believe that we're, we're sort of done
1: because it's a, uh, that was a, I was just like, we and that's a, anyway, no, that's, so. a, that's what it's meant to. That's what it's meant <laughs> to be, buddy. <laughs> okay. So we'll catch up soon. Thanks again. Bye Chris.